Welcome to On Purpose, a podcast designed for all women that want to live this one messy, hard, fun, challenging, and exciting life we've been given on purpose and with intention. It is our heartfelt belief that women do that better when we're together, better when we are connected, better when we learn from each other. Each episode, you'll be hearing from Elizabeth on a variety of ways that we can be more intentional with our lives. We hope to inspire you and encourage you as we engage together on purpose. Here's your host, Elizabeth Pearson. Hi, everybody. It's fall, y'all. And you know what that means? That means the seasons are changing. The leaves are changing. And so I thought today, in case you don't already know, I would share my thoughts on change. So here it is in five short words. So get out your pen and paper. This is important. I do not like change. Period. The end. That about sums it up for me. So we hope you will join us next time on Purpose. Okay, just kidding. I had a friend that bet me that I would not do that. So anyway, I really could have written Riley Green's country song. You know, the one, I wish grandpas never died. Wish kids still learned to say sir and ma'am and how to shake a hand. Call me old-fashioned, sentimental, whatever you want. But I really do wish my kids didn't have to grow up, that I didn't have to get old, that my dad still lived in our childhood home. No, I really don't fancy change. And y'all already know that. So that is not what we're talking about today. And I really wish you were here with me having this conversation because I actually have lots more questions than I do answers. And it really helps me to think out loud with someone else. So I'm just going to pretend that you're sitting here next to me today, maybe sipping some coffee or a Diet Coke. I'm just going to be sharing some contemplations on the different redeeming qualities that I believe that darkness can offer us. The underappreciated blessings of darkness. And maybe, just maybe, something shared can offer a new perspective for you as well. And if this sounds gloomy to you, I promise you it's not. So be sure to stay with us the whole episode so you don't miss out on lessons on quicksand, how I have never once used stop, drop, and roll, and the time I rested my head on the shoulder of someone I did not know. With the summer turning to fall and then fall to winter, we all know that it gets dark earlier and it stays dark longer, which, if I'm being honest, can be a little depressing, right? What I love is good old-fashioned vitamin D sunshine. I love the light of day. I really do. But as I've been mulling this over and wondering why I prefer the day to night, I realize that many of us have been taught to fear the dark, the unknown, the unwanted. In the dark, we can't always see our way out. And our conditioned tendency is to try to get to the familiar, to the light that which we can see and label and rationally understand as quickly as we possibly can. I also think that we have been conditioned to associate all that is good with light and all that is evil with darkness. And as that just came out of my mouth, I wondered why do we call it darkness, but not lightness? Anyway, the random thoughts that run through my head at any given moment. Do y'all ever think like that? I mean, I seriously do all of the time. I have those thoughts, just as I did that one. Like, why do we drive on a parkway but park on a driveway? Why do we call them apartments if they're so close together? Why in the world is abbreviated such a long word? I could keep going and going because that's just the way my brain works. But anyway, 
I do think we associate good with the light and evil with darkness. Think of all the negative associations that we have with darkness. We are afraid of walking down dark city streets. We use night lights and street lights to keep total darkness away from us. And before we move on, let me offer this disclaimer. For our Christian listeners, the first book of John talks about God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Absolutely, I believe that. This is not a theological discussion about that kind of light. I'm not promoting that kind of darkness that's talked about in Scripture, just so that we are clear. Let's keep moving on. Speaking of clear, I follow a guy by the names of James Clear. And for those of you that aren't familiar with him, he is the author of Atomic Habits. And I recently came across a quote that he posted from Jeanette Winterson on the value of darkness. And it really opened my eyes in new ways. This is what she said. I have noticed that when all the lights are on, people tend to talk about what they are doing, their outer lives. Sitting around in candlelight or firelight, people start to talk about how they are feeling, their inner lives. They speak subjectively. They argue less. There are longer pauses. To sit alone without any electric light is curiously creative. I have my best ideas at dawn or at nightfall. But not if I switch on the lights. Then I start thinking about projects, deadlines, demands, and the shadows and the shapes of the house become objects, not suggestions, things that need to be done, not a background to thought. It's interesting, right? How light and darkness reveal our inner lives and outer lives. Last weekend, I attended an alumni reunion at Camp Greystone in Tuxedo, North Carolina. And y'all have heard me talk about this place before. It's my home away from home. It's where I worked for many years. It's where I got married. And it truly is a heavenly place in the mountains. And after reading that quote, I immediately thought of Greystone, where the darkness truly is divine. It really is. It's special. In all my years there, I never once carried a flashlight. The moon was always enough. You could see every single star and you could hear the hoot of an owl or the chirp of the crickets or the croak of a frog. Because at camp, there are no external white noises. It allows you the gift of taking notice. And at camp, they have many traditions. And one of them is something called council fire. And if you're not a camp person, this is probably going to sound a little weird, but I want to help you picture this in your mind so you can envision what I'm talking about. Council fire begins with hundreds and hundreds of campers and counselors silently walking up the hill to the middle of camp. And there's a bugle playing, and it's a playing a tune that is only played and only heard at council fire. And it continues to play until every single camper and counselor has filed in and has taken a seat on these beautiful benches that have been crafted from massive old timbers. And if you can picture this, in front of the benches sits a beautiful stone fire pit. I would say picture something out of an L.L. Bean catalog. And as we are at Council Fire, we sing together. We pray. We listen. We remember. And the now fourth-generation camp director says this place is sacred because it brings back memories. Greystone's been holding council fire in this beautiful spot for over a hundred years. And I think if only the tall pine trees could talk, I imagine the stories that they could share. Sitting quietly in the dark 
with nothing but the light of the flames from the fire is simple. And it provides a moment of reflection and introspection. And that's what we did again this past weekend. No manufactured lights, sitting silently with one another, processing the awe of that moment. What was shared with us was rich. It was meaningful. It was heartfelt with time for long pauses. It was purposeful. It was for our inner lives, not the outer ones, just like Winterson described. And I think that discrete moments like that are so significant and few and far between. Now, to the outside world, an experience like Council Fire might be inexplainable. However, I really do think anyone can understand the beauty of what transpires in moments like that. When we step out of the real world, the busy world with its list of demands, and we slow down, no technology, no to-do lists, no agenda, sitting in the dark, and we focused on our inner beings, not the outer doings of our world. I had one friend text me and said that she's still processing the wonder of it all. That kind of goodness takes time to soak in. Now, maybe it's my age, maybe maturity, maybe it's appreciation for the simpler, slower things in life. Maybe it's a combination of all of it. I'm not really sure. But I appreciate so much the moments like that. And I'm learning to appreciate the lessons that can be learned in the dark. I haven't always been one to love the dark. I used to struggle with fear. And so night seemed to be extra hard for me because that was when fear was the loudest. And so I would dread the nighttime and look forward to the sunrise. But as I kept having baby after baby, the darkness meant that they were all in bed. And so it quickly became my favorite time of the day. Darkness became my time to think, to pray, to dream, to just be instead of do, without being tugged on, needed, or distracted by all my little people. What I used to oppose, I now welcome. Winterson went on to say, I think we should stop being night resistors and learn to celebrate the changes of the seasons. Did you catch that word? I just brought it full circle from the beginning. She said, learn to celebrate the changes of the seasons and realign ourselves to autumn and winter, not just to turn up the heat, leave the lights on and moan a lot. I'm learning to think that night and darkness are good for us if we welcome it. Because night will still happen every 24 hours, but it is optional to truly experience it. And as the nights lengthen, we can fight it or we can embrace all that comes with it as equally as important, if not more so than daylight. Another thing that I'm learning is that the night can truly create a deeper connection among people. I really do believe that. Late night chats on a road trip, sitting around a small fire. Long walks on the beach after the sun has gone down. When I was little, some of my favorite memories were spending the night on my trampoline with my friends, talking until we couldn't keep our eyes open anymore, and staring up at the stars, pretending that we knew the constellations, which, of course, we did not. When we made it all night on the wet-from-dew trampoline, we would run inside for breakfast, bonded together forever because of our night roughing it out in the wilderness. And when I worked at camp, late at night, some of us would paddle our canoes out to the floating dock, and we would just lie on our backs on this dock 
And even in the dark, you could see the outline of all the bats that were flying around. And those late night conversations were some of the best that I have ever had in my life. There really is something to it. Night really can create a deeper connection. I experienced it again just this last weekend. I was sitting at that council fire that I just told you about with many women that I did not know. I was sitting with them for the very first time, including the one sitting right next to me. And yet, after time spent in the dark and in silence and in singing together and in prayer, she reached over with her hand and she kindly put my head on her shoulder and leaned her head against mine. Now, I'm not going to lie. At first, I had the thought, oh my gosh, it's dark. I bet she totally thinks I'm somebody else. And then my mind quickly went to, oh, clearly I still have PTSD from picking lice out of my camper's heads. I mean, should we be head to head like this? I don't think we should. But then after just a minute, my mind stopped racing and I complimented myself with the affirmation that in this moment, I'm allowing me to receive love from a perfect stranger. I felt connected to someone I didn't even know, bonded together only by that moment in the dark. We've all heard the quote that without darkness, you cannot appreciate the light. And whoever originally coined that was wanting us, I believe, to appreciate the dark so that we can then value the light. But I believe that what Winterson is saying, at least to me, is lean into the darkness for what it alone can offer you. Not so that you can appreciate something else even more. Does that make sense? Are we so eager to get to the light that we fail to sit in the darkness long enough to learn what it has to teach us? It's a mindset shift. And that modification has gotten me thinking about other underappreciated blessings of the darkness. Earlier, I mentioned that I associated the dark with the hard. And lately, I know so many people experiencing hard things. So many really hard things, extreme loss, an illness, and unimaginable grief. And my heart hurts with them and for them. And that kind of darkness is excruciating. And the older I get, the more I see that darkness is an essential part of being human. Now, I know Brene Brown says that we are not supposed to level our suffering, but I'm going to anyway, because I do need to acknowledge that is not the kind of pain that I'm talking about here. Yes, I'm talking about seasons of hard, but not the kind of things I just mentioned. I'm personally experiencing transitions of yuck right now. So this whole thing really is for me. And if you don't know this already, most of the podcasts that I do alone are because I'm working through that topic myself. Vicki always tells me we teach what we need to learn or we share what we need to hear. And it's true. Pay attention to what people talk about. It will reveal so much about what's going on in their heart. But for today's purposes, what I'm talking about is situations that you do not like or you do not know how to handle or where you don't think you have any options or that it came as a surprise. Things like being in a holding pattern in your life, experiencing difficult challenges at work, or a life change that has turned things upside down. Maybe difficult stages of parenting with your child or whether even your adult children. Or 
looming life-altering decisions that are hanging over your head or feeling stuck in your marriage, maybe having to let go of someone or having to let go of a desired outcome and it hurts and it's hard. That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. And so whatever your yuck is, when we get in these seasons, the darkness and the nights can feel so long, can't they? It's like winter solstice, which is the day with the shortest period of daylight and the longest night of the year. And some of you might be in a hard season and don't know how long the darkness will last. And it feels like the sun is never going to rise. And I certainly don't want to minimize suffering of any kind. I hope you know that. But I wonder if we, I wonder if I tried just a little to embrace the dark, if we or I would find some life-giving lessons to be learned. I believe that there are some things that we can only learn in the dark. There are insights, blessings, wisdom, and revelations that will not be apparent to us in any other setting. I think that we are naturally creatures of light. We're drawn to it. But what if maybe, just maybe, we could appreciate the dark just as much as we do the light? I am certainly not there yet, but I would love to be one day. But for those of you that are like, listen, Elizabeth, you embrace that dark season all you want. I just need it to be over and pronto. I want you to consider this. That which you resist persists. We've talked about it before. That which you resist persists. You continue to fight and fight with whatever you're struggling with. It will get you nowhere. Typically, when I'm resisting something, I'm complaining about it. I'm resenting it. I'm battling it. And all my energy and all my focus is on not moving beyond it. And so I stay stuck. My friend Vicki that I referenced earlier, she describes it like falling into quicksand. And the more you fight it, the more you flail around, the deeper you get stuck. And actually, though, if you calm down for a minute and pause, quicksand is not that hard to get out of. I really do think our parents and our teachers lied to us. See, I just knew that when I grew up, I would come across quicksand and I needed to be constantly vigilant for it. Like it was so dangerous, nobody could escape it. I was also made to believe that stop, drop, and roll would be a life-saving technique for me one day, both of which are not true. But what is true is that what you resist persists. What you fight, you strengthen. But what you accept transforms. So maybe that can be some food for thought as well for those of us that want to quickly get through the dark. Just like I said earlier about it, being easy to connect with people in the dark, I've also found that the most meaningful conversations, the most heartfelt discussions are usually because of a dark moment in my life or the person I'm talking to. And I think it's because it requires a moment of vulnerability and courage. It's yet another gift from the darkness. When my friends that are grieving open up, there's a connection unlike any other time in our relationship. It truly is an honor to walk alongside them. So as much as those conversations can be difficult and can feel like you're exposing yourself, those real, authentic, hard conversations are a gift if we embrace them instead of avoiding them. And as I've been looking for the good that can come in the dark, I find it. 
much like anything, really, what we look for, we will find. And maybe none of this talk about darkness and what you can learn from the dark is news for you. Maybe you're like, Elizabeth, yeah, that's old hat. Old, I already know all that stuff. And I told you that this might just be for me anyway. But in the sense that artificial light, especially from digital screens, messes with our sleep patterns and all this talk about the circadian rhythms, that's not news to me either. I know that artificial light is not good for us. That's pretty apparent. But I think that I'm learning darkness is not only inevitable, but that it's beneficial in so many other ways. And I want to lean into the uncomfortable. I want to lean into the unknown and the holding pattern and see what lessons are there for me. Because I'm learning that darkness actually has its own light. I believe that Winterson is right. Food, fire, walks, dreams, cold, sleep, love, slowness, time, quiet, books, seasons, all of these things, which are not really things, but moments of life, take on a different quality at nighttime, where the moon reflects the light of the sun, and we have time to reflect what life is to us, knowing that it passes and that every bit of it, in its change and its difference, is the here and now of what we have. Life is too short to be all daylight. I'm learning that night is not less, it's actually more. And if you were here with me, I am certain that I would have learned so much from you today. As I asked you questions like, tell me about the last time you deliberately spent an evening without electric light, by yourself or with a friend, experiencing the darkness on purpose. Did you find connection with yourself or with others? Tell me what it was like the last time you intentionally slowed down and embraced the yuck instead of fighting it. Questions like, what would it mean if you asked your darkness to teach you? What would that mean? What lessons does it hold that you can't learn in the full light of day? I think Winterson's on to something. And I want to appreciate the darkness as much as, if not more, than I do the light. Night is not less. It's more. Well, that's it for today, friends. Those are my thoughts, and I am so grateful that you chose to be here. If you don't already, we would love for you to subscribe to our show. Our episodes release every two weeks, and we cannot wait to be back together as you join us next time on Purpose.